Hello from the BBC. I'm Frey Lindsay with an update on the war in Ukraine. It's 117 days since Russia invaded and Western leaders are warning that the war in Ukraine could last for years. The Secretary General of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, says support for the country must continue, even if the price is high. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky says he expects Russia to step up its offensive in eastern Ukraine. The BBC's Joe Inwood sent this report from Kyiv. This is already said to be the fiercest fighting in Europe since the Second World War. But President Zelensky claims Russia's attempts to take the east of the country are set to intensify. In his nightly address, he explicitly linked it to his country's attempts to join the EU, saying any increase would be not only against Ukraine, but also against other European countries. But the intensity of fighting is not the only echo of the past. A Russian-backed separatist politician has said captured Ukrainian troops will face war crimes tribunals based on the Nuremberg trials of the Nazis. That process, which lasted many years, brought justice to the victims of Nazi invasions. The soldiers currently in detention were captured defending Ukraine. Meanwhile, European Union foreign ministers are meeting in Luxembourg to discuss how to ensure millions of tonnes of grain trapped in Ukrainian silos can reach countries that need them. Russia is continuing to blockade Ukraine's ports, and the EU's foreign policy chief, Josep Borrell, says Russia is committing a war crime by blockading Ukrainian ports. The problem comes from the Russian blockade of the Ukrainian grain. Millions of tons of wheat is being blocked. And millions of people will not be able to eat this wheat. So uh, the war is going to have a dramatic consequences for the world. We call to Russia to deblockade the ports. The BBC's Jessica Parker has more on this from Brussels. Josep Borrell's strong language reflects the increasing concern about the millions of tonnes of grain trapped in Ukraine. The EU's foreign policy chief called on Russia to stop blockading Black Sea ports, adding the European Union was supporting efforts by the United Nations to try and broker an agreement. The Kremlin has been accused of using food supplies as a stealth missile against developing countries, something Russia denies. Foreign ministers may further examine the use of alternative land routes to get supplies out of Ukraine, but officials concede that won't be enough. Elsewhere, China has dramatically increased its imports of Russian oil, even as other countries have stopped their own purchases in protest at Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Fruin. Imports of Russian oil rose by 55% from a year earlier to a record level in May, displacing Saudi Arabia as China's biggest provider. China has ramped up purchases of Russian oil despite demand dampened by Covid curbs and a slowing economy. In February, China and Russia declared their friendship had no limits, and Chinese companies, including state refining giant Sinopec and state-run Genoa Oil, have increased their purchase of Russian crude in recent months after being offered heavy discounts as buyers in Europe and the US shunned Russian energy. After more than three months of Russia's invasion, many of those worst injured by shelling and rocket attacks are continuing their recovery overseas. Some child victims of the war are now being treated in Germany, as the BBC's Weira Davies reports. Every day at the Holy Transfiguration Cathedral in the western Ukrainian city of Vinitsa, Vladimir lights two candles, one for his daughter Natasha and one for her daughter, his granddaughter Dominika, who was four. Both were killed when a Russian shell landed in the besieged city of Mariupol in early March. (laughs) I first met Vladimir at Zaporizhia's children's hospital three months ago. 
He was inconsolable with grief over the loss of Natasha and Dominica, but was trying to stay strong for his 13-year-old daughter, Diana. Diana is in a German hospital, getting specialist treatment for life-threatening wounds. And as the only surviving child in her family, the person Diana wants most by her side is her dad, Vladimir. They speak every day on the phone. With Diana due to undergo another brain operation within days, Vladimir had lobbied President Zelensky directly for permission to travel. And now, at the last minute, his prayers have quite literally been answered with presidential permission to leave. His daughter is still seriously ill, but at least her father, Vladimir, will now be by her side. We're a Davies reporting. And those are the latest developments on day 117 of Russia's invasion. I'm Frey Lindsay at the BBC.